You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Over the next hour, and uh, there's a lot of things to go into, but uh, I think the first half hour I'll just talk about some things that are uh, I've written about recently. i got a book about to come out, and um, I'll hit on some some points out of that book, chapter by chapter each week. I think that would be a good format. And then uh, the second half of the hour, I'll be talking with uh, my brother, who is also um, retired law enforcement, but now works in the civilian world of fraud investigation dealing with Medicare. And he's got a lot of interesting stuff that I've learned from, and he should be able to give us quite a bit of information on that. And it should be entertaining because I gave him about 10 minutes notice that I wanted him to be on the show. So he's, he's feverishly prepping. But uh, I just came back off vacation. I was uh, gone for a couple of weeks. Our son got married, so I've married off the last of the litter. And now uh, we had to recover a little bit, so we were down in Key West, where Key West is still Key West, folks. It's, uh, it's an entertaining place to go, and um, we had a good time. So I'm back here. And uh, I wanted to get down to some some topics. So I said I talked a little bit about uh, I've been writing for years and uh, wrote articles in uh, AJC back in the day when they had the North Side section, and we talked about crime and wrote about uh, not only crime but crime prevention. Because if you just write about crime, then it makes for a good novel. But there's really no there's really no uh, end point to it unless you talk about how to prevent it. And, uh, you know, after that, I wrote uh, for many years with the city police department on uh, a weekly wrap-up of uh, crime and crime prevention. And uh, so now I am uh, retired, work part-time, but retired, but I get a little bit more time to write. So I always wanted to write a book kind of in the style that I like to do it and if you know how I write I throw a lot of humor into it which I think is okay because sometimes a lot of good information is lost with bad delivery Um, and those of you in the corporate world that have ever sat in on a staff meeting or even law enforcement staff meetings um, you know they can be brutally boring so let's try to stay away from that so uh, one of the things I wanted to look at uh, some current news uh, William Barr uh, announced Thursday the establishment of a transnational elder fraud strike force, which would be a joint law enforcement effort that brings together resources and expertise of the Department of Justice's Consumer Protection Branch, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and that will include six districts, the FBI, the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, and other organizations and they will focus on investigating and prosecuting individuals and entities associated with foreign-based fraud schemes that are disproportionately affecting American seniors. And this will include telemarketing, mass mailing, tech support, fraud schemes. So it will be comprised with six prosecutors, data, or data analysts from the Consumer Protection Branch, prosecutors, and six U.S. Attorney's Office, including the Northern District of Georgia, where we are, uh, special agents with the FBI, postal inspectors, and numerous other law enforcement personnel. And, you know, uh, Barr's comment was fraud against the elderly is on the rise, which is something we've probably known for 10 years. And one of the most significant uh, causes is the foreign-based fraud scheme. So I think what he's saying is that we're starting to 
put a little more effort into the international investigations versus uh, telling people, well, it was uh, it was an international, you know, internet cafe scheme, and there's no way to track it down. That used to be the answer for everything that came over from uh, overseas. Now I think because technology allows us to to do it through the through the web and online and so forth that uh, there are enough victims. Maybe because um, the baby boomers are getting to that age where we are uh, considered seniors, and um, the number of of crimes that are rising as a result is is a natural. It's a natural. Uh, um, uh, what's the word? It's it, it, it's on it's online and it's on track it, it, because of the numbers of people that are now retiring. But the good news is uh, they're willing to go after these fraudsters overseas, where before they were basically making excuses for why they couldn't. If you go back into the '80s, I did uh, fraud investigations when it was uh, Nigerian. Uh, fraud and it was a paper chase. There was no internet, so you were basically trying to track somebody that was way ahead of you and tracking them on on paper, um, false names, false information. And nine times out of ten, it was a dead end. And I know Tony, when he gets on, he did that. Uh, actually, still currently, or, or as of uh, when he recently retired, he was working on a lot of fraud investigations involving overseas and some Nigerian cases, and I think they cracked a very significant one recently. So, um, it's, Steve, it's, would you say that they really, the, the schemes that come out, and I've looked at a bunch now because of your show and because of uh, Joe's show, but it really comes back down to the success of these crooks, of the fraudsters or whatever you want to call them, is our own greed, and they play on our own greed. I remember the uh, scheme, the Nigerian scheme. One of them was, listen, uh, Nigeria is so poor. If you if you buy ten thousand uh, needles uh, to give our shots to our, you know, you'll make a bajillion dollars out of buying a hundred thousand dollars worth of needles. I don't know if you remember that one or not. Yeah, I mean it was yeah, there was all sorts whatever of stuff. the yeah, whatever the the commodity was and, and you know, it's the same it's greed but it's also just being naive and thinking that everybody that tells you something is telling the truth because I guess we would be really disappointed to know the actual percentage of people who lie to us. Hmm. Um is there such as 102? <laughs> It, it, I mean, you know, and I think I mentioned this before that you can be skeptical in a polite way, and uh, but never believe everything you're being told. I mean, it's it's like if that way, if that's the way it is, you you've been you've been scammed all your life because it's just the way business is. It's just the way you know. Go and and, and buy a car. And, and you've got to whittle it down to what you think is fair based on your research. If you go in and say, okay, 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 you're screwed because uh, it, the markup is ridiculous on them, as as in other commodities. But I think what these guys are saying, you know, Barr, and I think they're, they're saying that this problem is not going to go away. It's going to be something that continues to uh, surface because the number of people that are, 
uh, seniors, especially uh, targeting areas of uh, in the South, specifically Florida, because so many seniors retire to Florida, and their scam rate is off the chain. So I'm glad to see it, and I'm I'm hoping that you'll you'll see some some uh, significant successes with it. I know that I wrote off and I printed off a whole bunch of stuff um, on there, but there are all sorts of um, there's all sorts of resources to help. There's all sorts of uh, numbers and such to call the consumer. Um, you can you can visit the website at justice.gov, the consumer protection branch, and then once you hit these these websites, they'll they'll give you all sorts of information. Be sure that you're calling the uh the right one you don't want to respond to the ads the ads will tell you the same thing but they're wanting to sell you something go to the the uh, federal government sites and they have plenty of information on um elder abuse which uh, also involves fraud but also uh crimes that are committed against the elderly do you think uh has the computer hurt or helped well, a little of both, I guess. Um, you know, it's definitely hurt because it gives the crooks an, uh, a, an opportunity to commit the crimes without going face-to-face. And what a great thing for them, you know. Um, so uh, the technology is there for you to educate yourself. So I'd say it was probably more of a disadvantage than an advantage because most people choose not to educate themselves on crime until something has happened to them. And then they go through that stage of, you know, it's a, it's just a pity party for a while. Poor me, it's not fair, and let's blame everybody but me. You know, people get in trouble. People get victimized mostly due to their uh, own lack of doing simple things. In other words, the accountability is generally on the victim. Um, you remember I told you before the reason I bring my stuff in here is because I don't want it in the parking lot. I don't know that there's ever been a theft in the parking lot, but I'm not willing to, to, to leave it out there to find out. And most people will say, ah, it probably won't happen, so let's not worry about it. I don't want to lug all that stuff in. And So it's just that it's just kind of that mindset. But when you talk about seniors and you talk about, uh, you know, like my parents' ages, uh, uh, my mother's in her late 80s, and they grew up trusting people. You talked, you were honest to them, people helped you. And all of a sudden, we've got this uh, group of people that say, let's take advantage of it. The Internet uh, takes it a little bit further. And so you can educate yourself so that you are uh, insulated from that. But you have to admit to yourself that people will try to take advantage of you. I need to spend some time researching what I can do. I need to do a little bit of homework. You know, I may have said this in one of your other shows, but, you know, we've got more tools at our disposal today than we've ever had, but it takes one thing. It takes effort, and a lot of people aren't willing to put in the effort or the time to learn, and uh, if you won't learn, then you're the one that's going to be the target. That's true. I'm reading here that... um Last Thursday, uh, they, the national largest ever crackdown on fraud against older Americans uh, was conducted over a 12-month period, led to criminal charges against 225 people, both local or in this country and abroad. So, um, you know, they're getting results of this. The uh, bar said um, 
civil actions were taken, some people, in, and, but it involved 2 million victims in the U.S. with losses totaling more than $750 million. There were more than 260 criminal and civil defendants who were caught in the enforcement efforts. So the criminal would be in, in, in the civil effort. So what do you think the civil effort uh, is compared to the criminal effort? I mean, the civil effort maybe is uh, uh, people complying and giving information that they shouldn't. Or, uh, you know, we talked about, and I think Tony will talk about this, doctors that are uh, – uh, know that they're signing off on uh, a fraudulent Medicare claim and still do it because they're getting kickbacks or persons that are uh, a, a bit unscrupulous and their ethics are in question that are that should be in a position of, of trust are doing that. But um, I think it's a move in the right direction. I think it's something that's way overdue because even going back to the 80s and we were doing scams on the old pigeon drops, people were giving away a ton of money. I mean, I did one case where the lady gave away over $50,000 to somebody that she thought was going to split $3 million with her. Why in the world would they do that? But yet he was smooth in his delivery. She believed it. Then he was intimidating, and she was in fear of going against it. And it was just just psychological um, Warfare. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was just a, a just screwed her brain up to the point where she says, "Whatever I have to do to get out of it." Well, that goes forward to internal revenue calls and um, you know immigration calls and Georgia Power's going to cut your power off calls. I mean, the, these things you think about it are actually pretty ridiculous. If you and we've said this before, if you know anything about. The IRS, they love interest in penalties. They don't want that debit card, that prepaid card. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. But and they don't do it over the phone. No, and they and and they will tell you that, and they've been saying that for years and years. Yet we continue to say it because people don't do their research. Doesn't take it. Doesn't take much. Even um, and I have a friend, and she teaches seniors how to use mobile devices to to do this kind of research, to go and look for, you know, how to look research things on the internet and how to look for things. So, I mean, look, David, the the information's out there. Um, I get it with victims. It, it, you know, it's terrible to realize that somebody has come in and taken stuff of yours, especially if it's a lot of money. But at one at some point, you have to be at least partially accountable for your own destiny. You really do. It, it just it, it, and we're not we're not. Uh, it's not hard. The internet and, and that part I see as an advantage to older Americans is a great tool. I mean, pull up anything you want, and it's on the internet. I guess I would go one step further. Is that um, a relative or a good friend? If you know, there are a lot of obviously a lot of seniors that have physical and mental problems and they won't even admit it sometimes but at the same token if they've got a family member a son a daughter or whatever the case might be they need to step in as well and say you know mom or dad or whatever is somebody's trying to take advantage well true and um what about the person that works at the drugstore when you walk up and you buy six prepaid debit cards at $500 each. Is that person being trained to say, wait a minute, you know, here's a 75-year-old man trying trying to buy these debit cards. You know, what, at what point 
do you make it incumbent on the companies to train their people to do that? Because that that's a vital stopping point. I mean, you say, hey, why are you doing this? Well, because I'm, I owe money to the IRS. And wait a minute, we've heard about this, and stop it. And I know the banks do it, and I, because there have been many bank tellers that have seen it, recognized a person making a significant withdrawal of, you know, several thousand dollars, which is not uncommon, but if you're talking about $5,000 and then the next day you're back for another five, and because they're going to milk you as far as you can go. Well, let me ask you, Stephen. I'm not an attorney, and, and I want to make sure that everybody understands uh, Steve's a nice guy. Well, he's too nice to be an attorney, actually, so neither one of us are attorneys, but under the uh, mandate law, uh, would that cover that? Or where, where if I walk into a situation in a nursing home or whatever, then I'm mandated. If I see something going on and wrong, then I have mandate to report. Can that that same law be carried forward to the, the like you said, the drugstore or wherever they're picking up the the uh, item um, cards? I see. I see what you're saying. It's like teachers are mandated. Uh, social workers, yeah, uh, police officers are mandated where you see things. I don't think it applies to civilians in, in, a, in a civilian capacity. I think that's more of a, a Good Samaritan category that even if you saw something, and this happened to my wife and I. We were, um, and my wife is a retired investigator, and she worked these types of crimes. She worked crimes against women and children. We were at a park near our house, and we saw, it was during the week, there were very few people there, and we saw this man who was an adult, and we saw this girl who was obviously a young teenager, maybe 13, and he was taking pictures of her. She was there with him, posing. And to most people, just walking by, not paying any attention to us, it set off an alarm immediately. And... uh we called the sheriff's office up there, which actually had a precinct at that park, and uh, told him, she goes, this may be nothing, but this guy's taking pictures of this girl. This girl looks really, really young. And I forget the reason that the guy said he was taking the pictures, but the deputy didn't really see the need to pursue it further, which we didn't agree with, but, but it was his call at that time. But we... You know, we made that call out of concern. There's absolutely, absolutely no liability on our part because that's 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 an act of concern, and you know, quote unquote, a good Samaritan act. Most people would see something like that and never really think about it. But um, going back to a store clerk that sees somebody coming in buying five prepaid cards at five hundred dollars each, that should be a that should be an alarm going off, and that's kind of something that I've, I've written into our uh, our volunteer program uh, we have a new branch that does crime prevention for seniors and what we're going to do is is get into that kind of prevention well, well we'll stop there for a minute i didn't realize i'd let time get away from me but we'll be back with steve rose and the scam and crime report with steve we'll be back right after this Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. 
Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello again. Hey, this is Steve Rose, and we are 21 minutes into our program, and we're talking about uh, something, talking about current events and something that uh, I saw on a transnational elder fraud strike force that's been created by Attorney General William Barr. And I can't, part of it may be because the, I just read here there, um, when Barr was the uh, Attorney General um, back in 91 to 93, uh, his old official portrait was used a couple of years ago by fraudsters on Facebook in a scam promising help obtaining government grants. And uh, it was a lure, he said, if you can believe, if you can believe that, he said, describing uh, being besieged with calls uh, at the law firm where he worked, people wanted him to fulfill his promise to send them money. So, you know, he got scammed as well. But, um, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, they cited a Georgia woman, lost $40,000 uh, to the con on this same thing. And, you know, that, that amount of money is not unusual. Uh, it's a ton of money. Um, I told you about my brother-in-law that got the call about the IRS and they wanted the money. I called on his behalf. The guy actually answered the phone. And I, and I, you know, we bantered back and forth trying to let him think that I was going to help him obtain this money. Finally, I told him, I said, you know, I know, I know this is a, you know, scam, but I said, why do you do this? He said, I make a ton of money. He said, I make a, 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 an ungodly amount of money. And then he hung up. And of course, he changed his number, but, but, um, and so if you have no self-respect and you have no, you know, concern about other people and, you know, uh, you, you can be wide open on this stuff. And these aren't, I mean, these aren't rocket scientists. They're just people that understand that, that there is a gray area of people that will never let you access information, will always do their homework, always try to remain crime-free. And then there's that gray area of people that just... It doesn't happen to me. It's it's okay. Life goes on, and you know. And then there's the others that when it does happen, they they're just angry, and and, and it should make you angry. But um, 
And, and one of the things they said in here is that computer tech support scams are on the increase. And um, I remember my father got one of those calls. Guy was going to fix his computer remotely, said he was from Microsoft. And it was a pop-up on his computer. And, um, you know, he didn't do it. But uh, that's all that was, was just a hack. And so they just at random arbitrarily pull um, IP addresses, I guess, and they just go in there and, you know, you can pull up information, you can pull up pictures, you can create an image from going on Facebook and just taking information from people. I mean, it's easy. It, it, it's, it, you know, and you could create your own personal Facebook page with uh, completely fraudulent information. Um, it's just it's just that easy. So anyway, so one of the things I was going to get into was um, some of the stuff I've written about over the years, and and uh, I wrote this book, and I've renamed it a couple times, but um, I think the name that I, I'm going to publish it under is called the Ten Cent Millionaire's Guide to Crime Prevention. And uh, it's really just simple steps and solid security and a minimum of whining. And it deals with not not crime in the in the ghetto, but crime in upscale communities. Because a lot of people think most most of the crime, and most of the crime, violent crime, does happen in like urban areas and areas where there's more density. But uh, property crimes are huge up in areas like in, in North Atlanta and, and out in the suburb suburbs and all the bedroom communities. And so I think a lot of what um, people don't realize is that they are targeted. And they we move away. We live 30 miles away from Atlanta. Why should we be, you know, why did I get broken into? Why did my house get broken into? Why did my car get broken into? And, you know, uh, crime follows prosperity. I mean, uh, you go, you build an upscale community somewhere, um, you may have walls around it, but eventually somebody's going to find a way to commit a crime in there because there's stuff to steal. So, you know, instead of uh, instead of associating a crime with like a, a particular demographic, because we can we can take FBI uniform crime stats, and they're watered down so much that it really doesn't tell you anything. Um, I if I want to know how many redheaded Presbyterians committed a theft on a Tuesday afternoon, I can find it in those stats, but it's meaningless. Um, what you need to do, as far as you, homeowner, or you, the the, the person that wants your own personal protection, is uh, focus on on what activity is going on and not specifically who, because crooks don't look like crooks. Um, uh, and, and any cop will tell you that. Uh, you can take them. I mean, the mugshots will tell you otherwise, but once a person gets arrested, those mugshots just make you look. It just makes you look that way. But but it's what activity is going on rather than who. So, you know, uh, the old the old uh, comment of this scraggly-looking guy is walking up the street. Um, they call 911, which is not a bad idea, but they're asking what he was doing while he was walking up the street. Well, many times it's a guy that's wanting to clean your gutters or a guy that's wanting to spread pine straw. But there's not a bad reason to call 911 because in cases like that, at times, the guy will actually be wanted on warrants. So many, many times you check a person out, he's legit in that situation, but uh, he's got a warrant or two on him. So you gotta you got to really focus on what kind of activity is uh, is going on. So... 
you know, I, and it's not for me to throw in anything here other than we, in my opinion, we have the most unaware society in the world, and you have to know what's going on around you and look, open your eyes, and just see. And uh, like you said, it it uh, you call nine one one or you you call the non emergency number and. Uh, just have a patrol car come by and, and check. Mm-hmm. They're out there anyway. That's why why they're called. They're on patrol, correct? That's right. And, uh, you know, now we've had this program of citizens on patrol where it's an extra set of eyes and ears. And they've called in things that, that uh, suspicious activity that's led to some, some significant arrests. So, um, it, you know, and I guess 10 years from now we'll be saying the same thing. But, uh, you know, it's if it's not on your mind, then um, you're not really going to give much thought to it until it happens to you. And when it does happen to you, it's going to be painful. So, and we can... We can move into I some other areas, but um, one of the things that I was going to... Um, <laughs> talk about you're was uh, that what you're saying? Medicare fraud and uh, bring in some of the experts on it, which uh, which would be my brother. <laughs> okay. Well, let me transfer you in and we'll get going shortly. So one of the things that uh, we talked about before is the amount of information. I mean, there's information out there to get, but also the amount of information. And we're on, we're on it, it's like an overload of information. Is he on the line? Yeah, and he, he was the, this guy that I got on the line was saying he thinks you're adopted because he's a lot better looking than you mm-hmm. are. Probably so. Probably so. Okay. Well, are you there? Hey, uh, Tony, um, you should be able to hear your brother. Okay. Ah, there you are. Let me say first what an, what an honor and a privilege <laughs> it is to be on your show. Yeah. I detect the sarcasm in your voice. <laughs> Um, nepotism is that is that the word for it? <laughs> I think so. So uh, so just a little background on Tony. He's uh, uh, re- he re- graduated from Georgia uh, against his father's wishes. He went into law enforcement. I believe the offer was you could get uh, your law school paid for. Was that right? Yeah he he wanted to he offered to pay for law school and one of the dumber decisions i've ever done is i said no i wanted to be a cop so yeah i agree i wanted to go right around and be a be a good guy <laughs> and and then afterwards you did you spent time with the county police and then went to the school police in fulton county and then uh, over to the postal inspectors and he retired from the postal inspectors and now he works in the civilian world doing this type of of information and the, the investigations rather so so, so just uh, t- t- tell me just a little bit for the people listening of, of generally what you do. Well, generally, I I do Medicare and Medicaid fraud investigations. So I work for a company that contracts with the government, and we do investigations on you know doctors, clinics, um, typically the Medicare beneficiaries are not. They don't lose money because, of course, everything's paid for by Medicare. But a lot of times they're part of the scam, but they're unwitting parts of the scam because 
they've been duped by a dirty doctor or dirty clinic to be a part of it, a part of the scam where they're they're just being used basically and a lot of times they don't even know it mm-hmm. and and because everything that is paid for uh, by Medicare for instance um, our father passed away in December and he had two power chairs for wheelchairs that are power chairs with the joysticks that I'm guessing are pretty expensive and um, we tried to sell one at a decent price and nobody's interested because you get them free uh, from Medicare so um, and you know I mean it's just there's so much um, there's so many people now I guess with baby boomers that are in the Medicare I'm on Medicare and I think it's great. I mean, it's paid for what I need it to pay for. I try to stay as healthy as I can so I don't need to, you know, to do any kind of long-term. But um, so um, I know, and I told David before about the mummy kit, but uh, can you go into that real quick and try to give everybody an idea of what uh, of how serious this stuff gets? Yeah. Um, one of the, the biggest problems with Medicare as far as frauds is they're called durable medical equipment companies, the same ones that do scooters. Um, they also they also deal with uh, back braces and knee braces and everything else. So typically what will happen is people, especially when they get, you know, even even older than you, I mean, in the 70s and 80s years old, they get they get 10 or 12 calls a day from different companies going, hey, you know, we, we can get you a, a knee brace for free or we can get you a back brace for free. And, and the people will say, I, I don't need a back brace. and I don't need any of this stuff. And next thing you know, they're, they're getting a you know, back brace, knee brace, elbow brace. So they call it a mummy kit. They Typically they'll, they'll bundle together a back brace, a knee brace, an elbow brace, and, and they'll ship it all to this person who didn't order it in the first place and doesn't want it. And and they'll, and they'll build Medicare, and, and a lot of these people will call the company and go, "Hey, I didn't order this stuff," and they'll go, "Well, okay, go ahead and ship it back to us or whatever." But Medicare never gets their money back, um, and it's it's just a, these people will tell me when I call them, they'll they'll say I get 15 of these calls a day, and what they do is the medical equipment company, you have to be certified by a doctor to be able to receive this equipment, and they know that Medicare is going to look at the paperwork and want to see a doctor well you're supposed to sit down with a doctor face to face who does an evaluation and says yeah your back is bad you need a brace but what these medical equipment companies do is they they contract with with companies that have doctors and basically the doctors will just listen to the recording of the phone call on the phone and they'll they'll listen to the recording and they'll go well yeah it sounds like they need a back brace well a lot of times what happens is the medical equipment company has recorded that call, but they edit the call. So they might ask you right off the bat, hey, you know, we're with such and such company. Hey, does your back ever hurt? Well, everybody over 30 years old is going to say, yeah. And then they'll go on and they say, well, we'll offer your back brace. No, I don't need a back brace. Well, they'll edit that phone call where it says you qualify for a back brace, and then you'll hear the answer is yes, which they just edit the call to make it sound like you asked for the back brace. Mm-hmm. And then they send that recording to the doctor who approves it, and they ship the braces out to you. And you might have six different companies sending you back braces. Mm. 
And it's, of course, it's no cost to you, but the government's losing money on it. Mm -hmm. And these doctors may or may not know the rules about certifying you for the equipment. So that should so be a, a times should, we, it, should it be a personal doctors. should it be a personal visit? The doctor should see the person. Yeah, it's supposed it's what's called face to face evaluation. You're supposed to actually go sit with a doctor who does an evaluation of you and says, "Okay, I'm going to write you a, an order for a back brace or whatever." Um, but a lot of times this is done over the phone. So, you know, we have to go through the process of putting um, restrictions on a doctor's ability to to do that, which we can do with Medicare. We can send in a doctor's information and say they can't certify anybody for medical equipment ever again. So you, um, you can hit them in the pocketbook? Yeah, but it, and, and some of these doctors, some doctors legitimately just didn't know they couldn't do that with Medicare because Medicare has a lot of rules. Um, but most of the time they do know, and they're just getting paid a lot of money. They might get $100 per call that they take, and uh, they could make a lot of money at it. So medical equipment is a is a huge problem that Medicare is trying to figure out how to slow it down. Were, were you surprised when you, you went from, I know you worked a lot of fraud cases with the inspectors, but were you surprised at the amount of Medicare fraud that's going on once you got into that specific scope of investigation? Yeah, I, I was, and I was also surprised to see how easy it is, which it's not really a knock on Medicare. I mean, the credit card companies also make it real easy to do fraud. Um, but Medicare is trying to provide a service to people who legitimately need it, and they try not to put too many roadblocks in the way. But, you know, that leaves the door open for yeah. these these other people to come in there and, and just steal as much as they can. And um, Health and Human Services with the government has a unit that that's all they do is Medicare fraud. And at least, uh, at least where I am, they've... They've really cracked down on a lot of stuff and and uh, been able to put a lot of people in jail for this. But you know they get it's like any other scam. You get as much money as you can as fast as you can, and then hope you don't get caught. Yeah, and then it's like and they're able to open up for business somewhere else under different names or you know, different company names. But uh, I, th I thought I was that was a. a kind of interesting because, you know, I never paid much attention to Medicare before I became Medicare eligible. And then uh, and uh, going back to when my father was sick, there was a lot of Medicare that took care of, uh, uh, Medicare took care of a lot of things that would have cost us a lot of money. And it was ridiculous. I mean, we put him in a couple of nice rehab places for a while. And, you know, um, it didn't cost a cent what we were looking at was having to pay long-term care, which Medicare did not cover a lot of that. So it, there's a, when you hit, you know, late 50s, early 60s, you need to start studying up on, on Medicare. So, um, Tony, what's your batting average? Uh, this season, I was, uh, it was bad. It was kind of like when you finally retired from baseball. It was, I'm not sure I hit my weight. So... <laughs> I, I can it tell was a you, sad season. my last season, I I batted one fifty eight, and that's when I said, uh, "I'll coach." Yeah, yeah. So I may, uh, you're closing in. I on may it. have, I may have. It was somewhere between that and two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, if if I can interrupt for one second, um, sure. More than one second, actually. Um, your brother is very gracious in uh, 
in doing the show, and I've been trying to get Steve on my radio station for years and years, and then finally uh, I'm close to where he is, So, and as old as he is, he knows all about this elderly stuff. So, And um, unfortunately, I'm older than Steve. But my point being is, as you all were talking, do you think... And as far as I know, we do two shows on elderly abuse. One one is done, obviously, with your brother, and the other is done uh, with a uh, retired federal agent. And I just got to thinking, do you remember the old, uh, this is a brain on drugs, and it was two yep. eggs being fried or whatever? Would this, right. would and it, like I said, we're the only station in the country that I know of that does two shows a week on elderly abuse, trying to get the word out, trying to warn the elderly, trying to do whatever we can do. Do you think, and Steve, I'll ask you this as well, do you all think if there was a a public campaign warning the elderly about the potential of abuse, be it from Medicare, be it from the IRS, or be it from any place, do you think a a national advertising campaign would help? I mean... Well, I know when I was with postal inspectors, that's a big part of what we did, even though it wasn't all through the mail anymore. But we used to do a a campaign. It was a national campaign every year, and we would do uh, talks with different groups, and we'd send flyers out and all that on, on the different lottery scams and the Jamaican scams and all that kind of stuff. And you can send it out as much as you can, and, and I'm sure it helps, but, you know, there's just a, a certain segment that are vulner, vulnerable to it because they're, they've been living alone for 20 years or 30 years, and they're, they're lonely, and they're, you know, they're just, they're just open to this kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's always going to be a segment that's, that's going to fall for it, but, I, agree, I mean, with, yeah. with postal, it's about as national as you can get because we used to put flyers in every mailbox in the country, and and you know, doing stuff like this, and it's and they just get more creative, and the, the scammers do. So it's it's tough to. It would help, but I'm not sure you'll ever stop it. No, I don't think so. And, and I mean, we do it on a local level. We we do it with uh, uh, social media. We do it with website um, when we had our own website, and and. Um, we even go to the point where we put flyers on cars. Uh, we had a campaign, and we did. Uh, we've got we had six or seven thousand flyers made, and we were going to all the senior facilities. We were going to churches, civic groups. We were doing uh, senior centers like the one that's here in Sandy Spring, and we were talking and talking and talking. But he's right. There's certain percentage that when they uh, and I remember one case where the guy said. Um, he was 90-something years old. The girl um, befriended him. He ended up giving her about $35,000 over a period of about six weeks. And and, um, and uh, he went to the bank to draw the money, which goes back to what I was saying. Bank tellers start seeing this repetitive um, re- withdrawal of money. But still, he's lonely, and he said he knew at some point that she was ripping him off, but he was just like having company you know and 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 i think you will always see that now he's right i mean you're never going to see zero crime i mean you're never going to see zero fraud dealing with the elderly because i think you know in my age group there's a ton of uh, the demographics are tremendous in my age group of people that are retired so we're going to a commercial we'll be back right after this 
Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move, Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay. Hey, folks. Steve Rose here, and I'm talking to uh, David Moxley. I'm talking to Tony Rose, who is in Houston. And um, during the commercial break, we were talking about the postal inspectors and a lot of people probably don't understand. They they've heard of them, but they don't really understand um, their their the significance in federal investigations. So, Tony, if you would give us a kind of a little um, introduction into the postal inspectors and how they fit into prosecution and and their authority, powers, and so forth. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, and postal inspectors are they're federal agents just like FBI and Secret Service. It's just they're under the Postal Service, so they're not under Department of Justice. Um, but and it's a real small agency. They probably have maybe fifteen hundred agents around the country, where you know Secret Service might have you know two hundred just in one city. Mm-hmm. But um, they're. Postal inspectors enforce. There's 200 federal statutes that involve the U.S. mail, and basically they they work anything that's connected to the postal service. So if it goes anywhere from stealing someone's mail to you know a fraud scam that it, that uses the mail, which falls under the mail fraud statute. Uh, goes all the way up to if somebody attacks a mail carrier or if they rob a post office. Uh, we even in my last few years we had some postal employees that were murdered so we ended up working 
murder cases, which which I hadn't done for about the first eighteen years of my career, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm in two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a wide variety. If it, if it touches the the mail or the postal service at some point, they have jurisdiction. And uh, at least where I am in Houston, we had a pretty good relationship with the U.S. Attorney's Office because we would we would present pretty good cases to them. We it was nice to be a federal agency because you didn't have to work every single thing that came across your desk. You knew what the federal prosecutors would take and what they wouldn't. And so it was a little easier than the local police to have to work everything. We could pick and choose the better cases and um, and then take them and, and try to get some federal prosecution. But but a lot of people, it, was, it got to be kind of funny because I'd, I'd call them and I'd say, I'm a postal inspector, and they go, well, would you, like, look at look at packages or something of uh, yeah if there's drugs in it yeah we do but yeah. a lot of people and myself included until i applied with them years and years ago don't know what a postal inspector is yeah. so they we used to be the silent service the chief wanted to keep us quiet but they changed that and so you have your own there movie. Are, there's a lou gossett movie out there called yeah. postal inspector yeah, so I, that's, I, we made the big time then yes yeah. back to uh back to steve's show though i guess right now one of the biggest scams going on and I think uh, you all call it night riders, um, and where people go through the neighborhoods at night, and if they see the flag up, there may be a check there, so they'll take that, open yeah. that, and wash the check, I believe is the term, isn't it? Yeah, there's check washing, right, it's, it's, but, you know, there's also, when they when they steal the mail like that, they'll, um, like credit card applications, and they'll actually make the application out and then wait for the card to arrive. And it's old school. They go back and try to steal the card that arrived in the mail. Um, that's not uncommon. I mean, that, and I guess Tony, that would be something that you guys, that the postal inspector would would get in, and as far as the fraud aspect. Yeah, that's that's kind of the low, the low tech stuff. Is they they would ride around. They called it flagging, and they would just ride around neighborhoods, either at night or first thing in the morning when they knew people put their bills in the mail, and they they went off to work, and they would come steal the mail. And a lot of times they'd wash the check right there in the car as they're on the way to the bank and um, and just you know make it if you made it for $35 they'd wash it and make it for 500 mm-hmm. and go to a bank and try to cash it they'd pick up pick up any any guy a guy on the street a homeless guy that has an ID they send them in the bank and they park across the street and if the police show up, they pull away, and the homeless guy goes to jail, and he doesn't have a clue who the bad guys mm-hmm. are. Yeah, we got a lot uh, but of it, that. Yeah, that's the kind of low-tech stuff that, mm-hmm. with computers now, you don't really have to do too much. You know, it's it, it's hard to fool some of the bank people, but I know the ones we had, they would give them a traffic vest and a hard hat and tell them to go in and <laughs> cash the check. So, yeah. uh, But you're right, they pulled off. But we, we made a couple of arrests on those. But um, Okay, I, I've got to ask this, and... Uh, this has, uh, and I realize that it doesn't fall under postal inspection, but who's looking out after FedEx and U and uh, UPS? Who's well, it, they actually FedEx and UPS still fall under the mail fraud statute because they? it, they're they're a um, interstate carrier. Okay. Uh, but realistically, we didn't work that many of the FedEx type stuff. They have their own security. Um, one of the reasons that the, especially when you're shipping drugs, a lot of the reasons the um, the bad guys will use the postal service is they'll send a priority mail, and if I want, if I suspect that there's drugs in that package, I have to go get a federal search warrant to open that package, 
and it's a I have to have a pretty good amount of probable cause. You know, you'd have a dog hit or whatever. Uh, with FedEx or UPS, if you ship drugs through them, if they look at a package and go, oh, I think it has drugs, they just rip it open. There's nothing protecting that. Uh, the Postal Service is the only one that has what they call the sanctity of the seal, that people trust that if you send it through the post office that it's going to be safe and secure. And unfortunately, the bad guys use that, and they know that we have to go through a lot more steps to get in that package and look and see if it has any kind of drugs or contraband in it. You use the probable cause that you use involves a lot of times our canine. Yeah, the the canines. Um, you know, there's different profiling with the the return address and how it's packaged and all that. But yeah, the we never get a search warrant without the local guys coming in with their canine and and hitting on the package. Well, I mean that's that's pretty informative because I didn't realize that about FedEx and UPS because um, um, I know that most of the work that our dogs did was uh, to to assist postal inspectors on packages. But that's kind of, and I know they've delivered. We've done um, escorted FedEx people when we knew there were drugs in it. They made the delivery and then made the arrest and a search warrant subsequently. But. Um, yeah. You know, there's all sorts of, uh, and that's a whole different area is drugs and shipping drugs through the mail. And, and it also goes through uh, fake uh, fake drugs, that uh, prescription drugs. And I read an article about some of the fake drugs that were out there, including fake Botox. And so you don't know what you're taking. You, know, you shoot something in your head, and suddenly you're growing a third hand, and you, you, you're hoping to get rid of some wrinkles. So who knows? But, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff. It is. You know, I, I, can't, I can't help but thinking, uh, Tony, I'm sure you've seen not everything, but a lot of everything. And you just wonder, if, if these guys, like uh, our other gentleman, Joe Gavala, says, this is the crook's business, is to scam or commit crimes. And, you know, I, I, I keep getting this bored scene of, of these guys smoking cigars and having their scotch and they're sitting well let's come up with another way to do something you know well uh, you know and they're sitting around like like executives figuring out what their next mm-hmm. scam or crime is going to be and they do communicate i mean th- that's kind of what we use with the uh, uh neighborhood watch when we went from uh the old telephone trees to where we were using uh emails and now they use the uh, next door and the sites like that you have to filter it a little bit more but um, um, and they do they communicate because there were there were neighborhoods that you didn't go in um, I can tell you the guys that were stealing out of cars would not go to Cobb County they would come to Fulton County because Cobb County would chase you the cops would chase you when chase policies are different from county to county or city to city and our chase policy and it's you know, it's it's based on on safety versus catching the bad guy. Is uh, you know, once they begin to drive erratically to to get away from you, generally a supervisor will cut it off. And uh, Cobb had a reputation of saying, "No, hell no, we're just going to go after you." And so we saw more cases here than we saw in Cobb County. So, I mean, and that in general, crooks do communicate. So it's you know, you can use it you can use it to your advantage or or um, or not, but I think it's, you know, business is good, and it will be for quite some time. So, Tony, what do you think, um, um, you know, going forward, 
uh, trends as far as uh, Medicare fraud, but also trends as far as any kind of fraud against seniors? You seeing anything that you hadn't seen before? Uh, with Medicare fraud, they it's it's kind of like regular fraud. It's you know Medicare shuts down one thing. They say, okay, we're going to stop doing this, and uh, or stop you know stop allowing you to use this loophole, and then they just find another one. Yeah. Um, it, really, there's and I've only been doing the Medicare fraud for uh, a little less than two years, so I'm not up on all of them. But I just see the same thing just over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Because um, it works. Yeah, and it, until they do something to stop it, it's they're going to keep doing it. They There's a form of identity theft in Medicare fraud where they steal a doctor's NPI number. The doctor's NPI number is, is their number that they're identified with. It's almost like a Social Security number for a doctor. Mm-hmm. And they steal that doctor's number, and then they just they put down, oh, this doctor... If you own a home health agency, this doctor referred these 50 people to our home health agency, and you know the doctor doesn't know anything about it until we call them and say, hey, by the way, did you refer all these people for home health? And they go, I, I don't have any Medicare patients at all. I don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. So, well, I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of a, a big thing with it. Well, needless to say that, uh, like I said, business is good, and that kind of business will continue. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank Tony for, uh, you know, I gave him literally five minutes. No, I gave him a little more than that, but he came off uh, with very short notice, very informative stuff, stuff I didn't know before, and I'm sure the listening audience didn't know before. And so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, work on a level swing, get that batting average over the Mendoza uh, line. Uh, and for the rest of you... <laughs> and I just uh, want to say that you've always been like a big brother to me. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> I thank you very much. So uh, for everybody else, I will see you guys next week, and stay safe. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.